Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. So much drama going on in public education. And when we talk public education, well, we've got a guy. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. You know him from the Tony Kennett show. Heard Saturdays here in WIBC. Also the Daily Signal. Tony, we're going to get to all the drama in Brownsburg. But first, I am, well, I, I guess I'm not really surprised. But I am kind of surprised at the response from these public education systems across Indiana whose administrators we're caught on tapes, and we do CRT, we do SEL, we do DEI, and we cover it up. They're basically telling parents, well, it doesn't matter what you saw. You didn't see what you thought you saw. I mean, that's really what's amazing, and, and I would say more so, maybe not amazing, but as expected, uh, watching the Indiana media completely ignore it. Uh, and, of course, Attorney General Rakita criticized that. Um, it, well, he asked where on earth all of the media was covering what has become quite a scandal. But, of course, you and I know the answer to that. We don't have to ask the question into the ether. You and I know that it's not convenient for a lot of those uh, public school-obsessed diehards to admit that some of us were right all along. It doesn't really help their credibility. Yeah, but I mean, it just blows my mind that it's like Plainfield Martins. We don't teach CRT. We don't do that. Well, your administrator that's caught on tape essentially says that you do, and the reason we don't know that you do is because you cover it up. It's really amazing, again, to hear the phrase repeated that we have to keep it under the radar as though we can't trust parents to know what's going on in schools because if we do, all those parents. And it's, again, just the reaffirmation of the belief and the data-driven proof that public school administrators think that they are better than parents when it comes to the care of children in each and every way. Yeah, and, and you said something last week, and look, I, I, you know, Tony, it's very, very rare because one, it's very rare that I'm ever wrong, that I, that I admit to being wrong. And I said yesterday on this show, and I've said for the last several days, I am so disappointed in Plainfield because they are the one school system that I've, uh, for 15 years now, vouched for. I've said, you know, they fly the flag, they have flag day, they support the police, they support the military. It's not going on on a Plainfield. And then there's a Plainfield administrator on this tape saying we do the stuff and we cover it up and deceive the parents. And you made the great point last week on this show. You said... You can't trust any of them because they're all doing it. And again, the, the worst part is the teachers are the ones taking the blame for it. So there are a lot of really great teachers that don't want anything to do with this. Yet when I was a teacher, we were herded into amphitheaters, auditoriums, and cafeterias. And I'm speaking from experience in one cold morning at Lawrence North in which principal, high school principal Brett Krausor told all of us that we needed to compare our black male students' test scores, and whoever of us had the worst average black male student test scores was the most racist teacher and needed to work on our white privilege. And funnily enough, here's the catch. I was not, you know, you know I'm a conservative kind of guy, and I was, of course, upset, but it wasn't just the right-wing individuals in the room who were pissed. Everyone in that room was incensed at the kind of language that has now become the norm in American education from these administrators who have what? A, a 
another degree from Ball State. I sat in class with a lot of those administrators, and let me tell you, they're not that impressive. Yeah. Tony Kennett's our guest. You can hear him Saturdays 1 to 3 here on WIBC. Tony Kennett Show. Also find him over the Daily Signal. So let's turn our attention to Brownsburg, my neck of the woods, and uh, obviously multiple news agencies reporting that two teachers have been terminated in regards to mistreatment of a special education student. Three more under investigation, according to comments made by the Brownsburg Police Department in Indy Star. There is criminal investigation going on with this. There's supposedly a video of this. I mean, this is a really, really, really really bad look for the Brownsburg Community School Corporation. And it's par for the course because a lot of special education uh, or administration in the state and maintaining that uh, school officials follow individualized education or IEP and then 504 law have been, we've been lazy. We've been lax in the last couple of years uh, for two reasons. Number one, because everyone and their brother has a mental illness or disability now. And that is a part of it. There are now like dozens and dozens and dozens of kids at schools who have categorized mental illnesses, which takes away from the attention that needs to be given to students who are life skills students who have actual genuine mental illnesses that need addressed cared for and looked after so that's the first problem the second problem is you have a lot of teachers again who think once they get to the school they can just do whatever they want after all who cares about the parent who cares about the student who cares about the decorum that used to come with being a teacher remember when being a teacher used to have like a series of social rules that you would follow and that they were supposed to be upstanding members of the society And now we have these situations of abuse coming out that I would consider if these allegations, again, are confirmed and if and I believe that if these teachers are held to the fullest extent of the law, this is a situation that is tantamount to the hidden rape case in Loudoun County. Abusing a child with a mental disability is one of the most grotesque things that I could possibly fathom. And it's horrible if. Again, I'm waiting to see every bit of evidence filed out. Uh, but as soon as that evidence does come out, if that's true, then uh, Lord help us, how horrific. Well, yeah, and you look at the most vulnerable amongst us, and I thought you hit on an inter- interesting point, Tony, which is they let so many people qualify for this extended care or special care or special teaching or whatever you want to call it, when in reality there are people who really need it who then don't get it or get a, a minimum ex- a version of it or they get treated poorly because you're giving it to so many other people who have no business getting it. And there's also the, the principles of, of inclusion. And uh, this is a point that at first sounds a little uncomfortable, which is that I do not believe that a lot of students in special education programs need to be placed in high energy, high octane environments academically alongside other students in, in all cases. In some cases, it's fantastic. In other cases, it's disastrous. And it, it can be and has been, and I've seen it in person, uh, in front of several students. We should be redoubling our efforts towards the care, towards, again, the life skill education, towards the the social skill education of students with genuine defined mental disabilities and uh, deficiencies instead of wasting our time categorizing everything as a mental illness so that we're giving teachers these high-powered stress attacks by having to juggle. I think at one time when I was at Knightstown, I had, uh, I think, 42 IEPs, 42 students 
with uh, mental disabilities that I had to keep track of on a daily basis. And and that is not a high number by today's standards at all. Yeah, and it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. Again, it's being investigated criminally. Three of the teachers have not yet been fired to have. We'll see what, what happens there. And and look, it comes back to, and I've talked about this with people for a long time, the, the, the reason you have four radical leftists on the Brownsburg School Board is because they come out and go, well, we're the number one school system. And if you ask the average person, they go, and you go, well, what does that mean? They can't tell you. They don't know what number one means. But the reality is, even at number one, there's still a colossal amount of failure that takes place in the number one school system. The average person has no idea what that is. And yet these school systems, unlike any other government agency, gets away with massive failure and not living up to their end of the bargain with the, with the taxpayer because they can use kids as human shields. And, and think about it. Day after day after day, this is the stuff that's reported. This is the stuff we find out. What about all the stuff that hasn't been found out, that hasn't been released? And I do mean genuinely, the things that I have heard in teachers' lounges uh, from, from old science guys around the table who would tell me story after story of, of teachers that they knew that were involved in illicit activities with students, that in, in situations of violence in the school that never came to the public because, again, the public school staff and faculty, as far as the administration is concerned, does try to get its way no matter what. And if you look at them and say, this is going on in your schools and we're going to hold you accountable, they'll look at you, they'll spit in your face, and they'll keep doing what it is that they're doing. Very rarely are situations like this caught. And it is the rarity that this pervasive – because, again, this isn't a one-off kind of thing. This isn't something that happens in a school just by chance. This is something that is a product of the environment of a school that thinks it can do no wrong and that it is the ultimate authority. Yeah, and, and that is what came to bear in this situation. And before we let you go again, Tony Kennett, our guest, this starts at the top. And by the top, I mean the Indiana General Assembly, who every year throws record money, record taxpayer money at public education. They kiss the ring finger when these angry red-shirted teachers come to the state house. They pose for photos with them they're afraid of them and and this is where the lack of accountability starts because they, these these the public education system knows ultimately no matter what we do we're not going to be held to account because the republicans of the state house are weak and afraid of us i've got one question here and this is the education you know investigative journalist coming out in me uh, were any of these teachers that are currently being considered to be fired under investigation, did any of them come and protest in favor of Red for Ed? Were any of these the testimonies that said that uh, children with disabilities would be uh, abandoned and hopelessly hurt if their parents were given a choice to send them to private or charter schools? Because if that's the case, that really reveals a lot about those who participate in the teachers' union-funded Red for Ed movement. Yeah, well, a lot of questions out there in Brownsburg. We'll, we hope they get they get answered. And uh, Tony Kennett, we appreciate you. Saturday, 1 to 3, it's Tony Kennett's show. Find him at the Daily Signal as well. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. 93 WIBC, it's the Kennell and Casey Show. It's 19 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, taking a look at what people are talking about this morning. Now, you may not have seen this because, of course, you were listening to your favorite radio program, Kendall and Casey, and it happens to be on at the same time. But live, Kelly Ripa, she's got a new co-host, and it's her husband, Mark Consuelos. Who? Kelly Ripa? Yeah, I know who that is. Used to be Regis, and then it was Ryan Seacrest, and now they're all gone, Uh and now it's her husband. Who is this guy? Mark Consuelos. I have no idea who that is. his name. Is he a... uh, 
a TV personality. A movie star of some sort. He's married to Kelly Ripa. Oh, so, okay. Well, there you go. And they are now co-hosting the show. They had their debut. Uh-huh. And now people are blasting that they have painful fake banter. And they're slamming her for constantly interrupting her husband. Oh, so it's just like most marriages. She won't <laughs> let him get a word in edgewise. It's exactly like most marriages. Let's take a listen. We said, let's go for some exercise, and we used to run through the park. But yeah, now run. we're I mean, like chasing each other. Yeah, but now we're walking. We also found out we have young friends. When you get invited out by oh, yeah. your young friends. Well, I'm not so sure nice. if I would call them friends. They're our kids. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how to behave in those yeah, places. You, you behave in a way that is so bougie and ridiculous. <laughs> Wait a second. Well, because we were told that when we go in, um, Lola's friend said, listen, the receptionist is going to look at you and she's going so to not be very nice. Right? And she's gonna well, who watch it? Who are the people that watch this? I understand there was a time where the Regis and Daytime Kathy, TV. But this is my question, Casey. Mm-hmm. There was a time in America where, you know, there were limited options for entertainment and Regis Philbin was a star of stage and screen and was America's good, jolly dad, uncle, whatever, and you would say, wow, and Kathy Lee Gifford, and she's married to Frank Gifford, and I have limited options, great. In the 24-7 information cycle in which a gajillion options are at your fingertips at any given moment, who is the person that says, I'm going to sit and watch these two married loudmouths? Who are they? Yeah, banter. Uh, This statistic may surprise you, but more people listen to radio than are watching broadcast television now. Because it sucks. (laughs) Is there there anything on broadcast television now other than sports Mm -hmm. where you would say that is can't... There used to be. It was Seinfeld. It was Friends. It was Cheers. It was Dallas. You know, there was these really great can't miss TV shows. All the good stuff is on cable or streaming services now anyway. Right, and if you miss your show, like you mentioned, you can just watch it on the app or online anyhow. If you are a person who subjects yourself to this crap on a daily basis, call our hotline, 317-684-8444 and explain yourself. Also trending, the Stanley Cup playoffs. They began last night, and the first goal of the playoffs was scored by the Carolina Hurricanes. In his playoff debut, sits, and the Hurricanes load up the power play on a one-timer. They score! There you go. First, first hockey game I ever went to was the Detroit Red Wings, oh. and they ended up winning eight to nothing. And oh. I thought, this is the greatest sport ever. Uh-huh. The home team wins eight to nothing. Well, I eventually found out that not all hockey games are like that. Right. And I think hockey, and I'm going to offend someone who's listening, because I look, I know there, there are many people who play hockey, who like hockey, who watch the hockey. We have a local minor league hockey team. Hockey is a very niche sport, mm-hmm. and unless you have some uber great can't miss figure, a la Wayne Gretzky. I mean, hockey's peak was when Wayne Gretzky was in the with the Edmonton Oilers, and then he became a member of the Los Angeles Kings. And then when he became when he started playing hockey for an American hockey team, it would there was a huge the Mighty Ducks movie came out of that. So you get you you get some momentum, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot of peop- of of luck to go from niche sport to long-term accepted mainstream entity. Golf, 
struggled with that for a long time after the Tiger decline, because obviously Tiger was the Wayne Gretzky of golf and it was can't miss TV and old people and young people and men and women would watch Tiger Woods. Now they have seen a resurgence because they have a lot of very good young players that are, that are fun to watch, but uh, man, hockey, I just, I know there's lots of people who are like, hockey's the greatest sport ever, but it is fun to watch because it's a fast moving sport. But it's very difficult to understand. You think so? It's I, very I, I difficult. In the, the in blue the, line, the red line. The puck off and everything. What well, did you say? The what off? The puck oh, off. Oh, I just making sure I heard Face off, yes. yeah. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, of course, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And that's what Chuck Schumer did. He kind of missed. <laughs> in one of the more cringe mommy, cringeworthy moments of the day, yesterday he was welcoming everyone back and... <laughs> He said, who's happy to be here? Raise your hand. And it was received by crickets. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. And welcome back. Who's happy to be here? Raise your hands. Okay. Okay. Who would be happy with having to listen to Chuck Schumer? Like, okay. And I'm not just saying that because he's a radical leftist. Obama gets up, gives a speech. I can understand there would be many people who would be happy to hear Barack Obama because he is an incredible orator and a great speaker and lively. And if you like that sort of stuff, funny. I can see that. Who in the history of ever has woke up and said, I can't wait to hear Chuck Schumer today. I do have an answer for you. Who? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Jalen Hurts becoming the highest paid player in the NFL ever. So he's the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. They just went to the Super Bowl. They lost. But he is now on average. Now, it is not uh, in terms of guaranteed money. So the NFL, the number that ultimately matters is guaranteed money. You can cut a guy. He doesn't get a portion of the money. But per year, he will make $51 million a year. And over if he plays out the life of the contract, which, again, isn't guaranteed, but if he does, it'll be the most amount of money ever played paid to a professional football player uh not not in not in total, but again by per year, fifty one million, two hundred fifty five million is the total deal. Um, and my issue on this case is, and I believe that people should make as much money as they possibly can. You should never feel bad about how much money you've made if you make it legally. But I think there's a major issue in this country as the upper echelon of society continues to elevate themselves. So professional athletes, you always see these record-breaking contracts. People like Jeff Bezos and the guy who just went over $200 billion in net worth. The very top of the food chain seems to be recession-proof. They seem to continue to make more money. And yet the middle class, which is the backbone of a society, is really struggling and in most cases not even keeping up with inflation. And I think that is is a recipe for a disaster in a society because ultimately the middle class is the driver of an economy. Yeah. Now, I would agree with you, but let me put this out there. Do you think that that is the com compensatory to the market for the most important position on a successful team? Well, you're worth whatever someone will pay you. And again, I'm not I'm not being Bernie Sanders here and saying he shouldn't have to be allowed to make that or he should pay more in taxes. What I am saying, though, the gap is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Is that when the guy who goes to the game is losing worth relative to inflation and the ability to feed himself and provide for his family, when that person is losing ground and the upper echelon is not only not losing ground, they're skyrocketing in terms of their ability to earn 
I, I'm just saying from a how an effective and efficient society works, this is not good when the middle class cannot even keep up with inflation and you have a bunch of the uh, you know top 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 of the line bringing in all the money yeah well as you mentioned when the guy who goes to the game takes his family and it's a special night out and he's has to save for it or is practically yeah. blowing the month's entertainment budget to yeah. do that with the parking and the concessions to go watch this guy who's got a 255 million dollar contract to play a game you know who is worth 255 million dollars though Kurt Darling. All right, we're. Gonna I bet he makes that in uh, every year. Maybe he'll. Maybe that'll be his lead news story. Kurt yeah, Darling signs two hundred fifty-five million dollar <laughs> contract with WIBC. He's up next with ninety-three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. And it's time to hear from you with your questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever is on your mind with your voicemails. 1034, it's Kendall and Casey. So we got a a voicemail, and it's a little longer than a voicemail that we normally play, but I thought this person made some very good points. This guy, and we're not going to play all of it for you just because it was long, but the whole voicemail was wonderful. He is a former school board member from another state, and he lives in Indiana now. And he was calling in regards to the video that we've been talking about the last several days where the various administrators across the state of Indiana on camera admitting, you know, these undercover journalists got them to admit, yeah, we do CRT, we do SEL, we do DEI, we hide it from parents. Um, and we do that because we know they'd be against it. And so we manipulate the information that the public per- gets so that you don't know to object how we're indoctrinating your your kids. Mm-hmm. And what people need to realize is that you're at war in this state and most states across the country with the public education system. You may not realize it, but you better wake up because they are trying to take your kids from you. And that sucks, Casey, mm-hmm. that in a state where the majority of your property taxes that are skyrocketing and the majority of our state budget, which is skyrocketing, because the Republicans are totally afraid of the angry red-shirted teachers, won't do a damn thing about it, that you got to fight for your kids. You can't feel comfortable sending your kid to a public school where the majority of your tax money goes to. That's a, If you were to do a poster child for inefficient, ineffective, why government is the worst thing ever, it's the public education system. The majority of our tax money in this state goes to the public schools and they suck. Yeah, 50% of the state budget goes to something that you probably don't agree with or want. Yeah, you're 100% right. So this guy called in. It was an excellent voicemail. You're not going to play all of it on sizing up what's going on and some of the things we need to do about it. The people who become administrators in the public schools, you know, your superintendents and principals, largely come out of the ranks of teachers, and most of them have already been radicalized. So the pool of candidates 
to actually get somebody who will represent the interests of the school board, if you get a majority there, and more broadly, the interests of the community, there's got to be a way to address who's going to be actually be running the schools on a day-to-day basis, which then leads to the question, well, how do we fix this system that really needs fixing desperately? So, you know, some people say we'll abandon the public school system. Uh, they'll they'll spend extra money to send their kids to private school. You know, some people can do this, others can't. So that's not a, a, a good overall solution. Secondly, you can do what Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida. And I heard him speak at Hillsdale College a couple weeks ago. He calls DEI not diversity, equity, and inclusion, but division, exclusion, and indoctrination. And he and the Florida, uh, the For- Florida uh, Assembly uh, are taking steps to control what happens in the Florida public schools from the governor's level and the state level. Uh, to me, this needs to be an important question for you guys to ask whoever's running for governor, whether it be Mike Braun or whoever else, how are they going to deal with public education? Because that's one way to try and fix this. But the third way, and I think the best way, and I would love to get Tony Kennett's view on this, um, is to introduce market forces into public education to make schools more responsive to the community. This has to be the ultimate answer, school choice, to allow our tax dollars to go to schools we support, whether they be public or private. Thanks so much for listening. Love the show. Keep up the good work. And, by the way, I agree with other people that said, since I moved here from Illinois uh, a few years ago, I learned more from your show than anywhere else about what's going on in Indiana, and I'm really appreciative of that. Wow, what a nice phone call. Yeah, so let's start with that. He's right. We are this. What we do between 9 and noon is the most important media event every day in the entire state of Indiana. When you look at how the voting now, look, Republicans are still winning. But when you look at how many people have walked away from the Republican Party in the state of Indiana over the past two years, three years now, this time slot, I think, can take credit for a lot of that. And ultimately, the people who take credit for it are the people. Because we can say all the stuff, but if you're not willing to think for yourself, Mm -hmm. and there's still a lot of people who refuse to think for themselves, they're still kneeling at the altar of various political parties. But we have been a catalyst for this, and I'm so proud of that, of how many people have been willing to engage in this show, engage with this show, and whether you listen to via the radio or YouTube or the stream or however, the podcast, we can't thank you enough because you have not only been willing to engage, but think for yourself, and more and more people will continue to do that every single day. So thank you for that. Yes, he's absolutely right. We are... Sometimes I even amaze myself, Casey. I just read yesterday that 45%... Oh, that's funny, Kev. You can laugh at that. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I just read yesterday that 45% of people are now identifying as independents. Yeah. Because of this be. very thing. They'll they'll like a few things from the Republican side, maybe a few things from the Democrat side, but can't identify wholly with either either party. But, and I think that number will continue to grow. Yeah. and what? But I want to touch on the other kind of the crux of his mm-hmm. call and what he talked about. And it comes back to whoa, how we started this segment. The public education system, now not every teacher, I'm not in any way saying that every single teacher or every single administrator, but as you saw in that video, because you heard the truth on that video, and the fact that places like Martinsville and Plainfield are trying to tell you now, it doesn't matter what you saw, you didn't see what you saw, and we're not doing what you saw. Well, except but, for the one lady, I think she was from Martinsville, who said, 
she was calling the textbook companies and said, we want the content. You just can't call it that because that'll raise a red flag. Right. But my point is the press releases from the school systems in the wake of the stuff is to tell parents it doesn't matter what you saw. It doesn't matter that it was it was right in front of your face. We don't do that. But your administrator admits that you do it. It doesn't matter. That person, but in the case of Plainfield, that's the assistant superintendent. That's not a janitor. That's not a lunch lady. That's not a first grade English teacher. That's the assistant superintendent. Doesn't matter. We don't do it. These people hate you. They hate you and they think you are too stupid to raise your own kids and they're going to do it for you and they're going to be as dishonest as they possibly can so that you can't stop them. You have to start standing up for your kids and getting engaged because they're trying to take your kids from you. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do we need to abolish the Department of Education? And I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be someone to look to because that was what she ran for governor on that she was going to overhaul their entire education system yeah and this guy's right these three people running for governor doden and braun and suzanne krauts they're mm-hmm. clowns they don't have any original thoughts they don't have any, any original ideas you got silent suzanne who was cheerleading as holcomb shut the state down and and is doing all the stuff with education that he's doing you can't trust her you got doden I don't know where he's at. Well, isn't uh, he the one who wanted to oh, give teachers more that's money? Right. He wanted to make a, 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 a yeah. He wanted to eliminate all taxes for the teachers right. that are doing the stuff. And then you got Braun. Well, he voted for the gas tax when he was in the legislature. So you can't. I mean, none of these people are going to do anything. None of them. None of them. Because they're all ultimately part of the same establishment. Eric Doden was the economic director under Pence. They don't just pick people off the street for that. He's running this outsider campaign or whatever. He was the economic development director under Pence. That There's no just guy lifted off the street or outsider that gets that position. All these people are going to get the same stuff. So you've got to start doing it yourself. And by the way, if I'm wrong, if Mike Braun or Suzanne or Doden has some big plan to curb this crap that we're seeing, you are more than welcome. I'll give you an hour. I'll give you the whole show if you want it. But you don't hear anything about it because at the end of the day, they're going to get on bended knee and and acquiesce to the teachers union just like the rest of them. Because mm-hmm. they're all they're living under this delusion that these lunatic red shirted teachers who are clearly propped up by these administrators based on what we've seen have some sort of clout or power rather than just being a very loud lunatic minority. All right. Uh, we'll get to maybe we'll get to these calls on property tax later, but I know Hammer's got to join us. And, and so why don't we just take a break? All right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammers in the studio. Are we talking Moneyball? Well, a little bit, because it involves the Oakland A's. Mm -hmm. They were the team featured in the film Moneyball, the true life, close to true life story of the uh, former executive Billy Bean that ran the A's. Uh, Can you imagine Brad Pitt playing you in a movie? (laughs) Because no matter how gorgeous you are, you you do not look anything like Brad Pitt. Right. That's true. So if we're casting WIBC, the movie here, (laughs) uh, what are we looking at? So I feel like the role of Tony Katz is going to be played by actor Oliver Platt. Yes. 
I mean, that is oh, spot yes. on. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been told that the Hammer and Nigel casting is Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. <laughs> mm-hmm. That works. Yeah, I like that. Um, Kevin is David Spade. <laughs> that's that's cool with me. <laughs> right? Uh, so now good. we're down to Kendall and Casey. Mm-hmm. So, Casey, I want you to cast Rob, and Rob, I want you to cast Casey. Oh, boy. I well, know. I got Casey. Now, I got to say, I'm getting a real good Clint Howard vibe from Rob Kendall over here. <laughs> oh, no. Rob, I wouldn't do that to you. Well, because I had somebody really good for you. I was going to say Christina Applegate. Oh, that's nice. I could see that. Very Veronica good. Corningstone. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that vibe. Mm-hmm. I'll work on my non-regional diction. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Kendall being played by Ron Jeremy. <laughs> uh, young Ron Jeremy, yeah. I hope, because now. Ugh. Okay, so the attendance in the A's game, they average. Man. Just under 12,000 fans per game. That's a generous number considering like opening days where everybody shows up then never shows up again. So there's a lot going on in Oakland with like a stadium deal and the team might be moving to Las Vegas. So the fans have not been showing up. And last night, a random, what was it, Monday night game against the Cubs. And the paid attendance last night, the announced attendance was 4,000. And that's the Cubs, who have a national following. Right. So of those 4,000, it was probably 3,000 Cub fans in that stadium last night. Um, And if they're announcing 4,000, that means it's probably half of that. That, And isn't that so wild? Because the Oakland A's have, obviously, a long-storied history, certainly in the the 70s, you know, the Vita Blue era. Then you had the 80s with Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. They were good in the the 90s, early 2000s with the Moneyball stuff. So it's not like they're the, you know, the— a team with no track record of winning. It's not like they're the Pirates who haven't been good in 30 years or more. Right. It's a storied franchise. And it sounds like the fans are saying, we're tired of this money ball crap. Mm-hmm. We have a horrible stadium, and the management of this team doesn't put anybody out here, so why should we go? They are scheduling what's called a reverse protest coming up in June. Oh. A random like Wednesday night game against some unsexy opponent, you know, like the Angels or somebody, uh, they're going to just pack the stadium to show if you put a good team out here, yeah. we're going to show That's up. That's an interesting uh, theory, isn't it? Right. What, what, man. And why is they're it? They're going to be playing st- Tampa Bay. Tampa the, Bay. Yeah. Right. It, is, I, who also can't get seven people to go to their games. I've been to Tampa Bay Stadium, and it's a dump. I don't. It's the only place I've seen indoor baseball mm-hmm. at, uh, but it's a dump, and it's not in a very good part of St. Pete either. It's in like the the hood part of St. Pete, nowhere near the beach, nowhere near the touristy stuff. It's next to like a Burger King where there's yep. a homeless camp. I've been there as well. Did you see the Tampa Bay Ray that they have there? Yes, yeah, the like fish in the, in the tank. Yeah. yeah. Now something that they had at the Oakland. That's their State. attraction is yeah. a giant Ray. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, and a pretty good baseball team. Well, yeah. I mean, their baseball team is really good, but nobody goes. Did you see what was in, or did you hear about what was in the broadcast, the TV booth of the Oakland A's? A, a possum? Yeah, there's a there's a family of possum living in one of the uh, play-by-play booths. <laughs> and and leaving droppings everywhere. Yeah, in the stadium. Yes. In the booth, and it smells so bad that the broadcasters had to go into the so side booth. I, so I have a theory on this. And you know who I'm going to blame? People like Phil Sanchez. Because I love Phil Sanchez, but <laughs> Phil Sanchez guy is supportive of all these changes that they've made to baseball. And what these changes they made to baseball has done is take baseball guy like me 
out of baseball. And now people go to baseball. It used to be baseball guy in the bleachers at Wrigley every single year. We're going to lose 100 games, but darn it, we're going to have a time and root for our Cubs. Now it's an experience. You go be you go you go for the restaurants around the stadium, or you go for the the giant scoreboard, or the the cushy seats. Yes. Or the, the, they have ruined it for baseball guy. So when you have a stadium like Oakland, which is not a you know a state of the art stadium or Tropicana Field, baseball guy doesn't feel welcome anymore. The Oakland A's minor league affiliates have all outdrawn the Oakland A's at various points in the season. <laughs> so imagine that, like Victory Field here, the Indians, were the AAA affiliate for the Pirates. Now, we have a beautiful minor league ballpark. Like Some would say it's the best minor league ballpark, but you should never be outdrawing a major league baseball right. team. And the minor league affiliates, all the way down from like double A up to triple A, are out drawing the A's in and attendance. And this is why it's stupid that they're like, we need expansion in baseball. No, you need contraction. Because, Hammer, you will back me up on this. The reason pitching is so bad in many cases is because there's two teams worth of pitchers who should not be in the major leagues. We need fewer teams, not more teams. If you move the A's to Las Vegas, I think you got a ball game because you can still keep them in the you know, the American League West. And like we've seen with the Raiders, the stadium will always be packed because it's tourist. Now, I don't know how many season tickets you're going to sell or how many A's fans are there, but if you're out in Vegas and there's a baseball game going on and you're there for a couple of days, I'd go check it out. We got to have Phil Sanchez on this show to explain why he enjoys ruining baseball because back (laughs) me up on this hammer he's posting all the time oh my gosh it's great that they made the bags bigger and it's great that they have a pitch clock yeah that was great they gave cody bellinger a strike (laughs) when he was getting a standing ovation in his welcome back game to dodger stadium that's what the fans wanted they wanted a strike on cody not a hat tip to say thank you for winning a world series and being an mvp what's the best stadium you've ever been to what what is the best stadium in your opinion now, some of the best ones I've not been to. Like everybody tells me Pittsburgh Stadium is great, San Francisco is great by the water. I've never been there. Personally, man, I got to be honest with you. I like Great American Ballpark, Cincinnati. Yeah, down in Cincinnati, it's cuz you can walk right up and sit in the front row. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tickets are super cheap. Uh I park on the side across from the river at the Hooters and then you can take <laughs> you the, do. take the little boat right across. You park like in Covington shuttle. and then cross the river. Yeah, and there's not a bad seat in that ballpark. Now, I know there's probably better ballparks. I haven't been to them all. I'm a Cub fan. Wrigley's kind of a dump. You go for the experience, yeah. right? It's not state of the art. You're going there for the atmosphere, but in terms of just there's a great seat in every single part of that stadium, you can't go wrong with Great American Ballpark. That's the team I grew up listening to. Dave Concepcion. Oh, the big Johnny, red machine. Johnny Bench. And wait, that would make you... Pete Rose. Wait, wait, wait. Pete Rose, Sparky Anderson. That would make you... Older than you. That many years old? Mm-hmm. Yes, more experienced <laughs> than you, Rob. <laughs> My old man, Stone Cold Steve Hammer, was a big red guy. Like, still is. Like, he was into the big red machine. That's and... why your evil kid likes the reds, right? Yeah, Papa got to my young one and turned him to the dark side. Yeah, that's bad. But I do love that your dad uh, got up in Joe Hogsett's grill and told him to get off my lawn. The only portion of the city that has. <laughs> What's coming up this afternoon? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this Brownsburg thing going on, Rob. Maybe you can swing by. Yeah. And Tuesdays with Tony Katz. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93. WIBC.